0: This is Hello, You Darling Girl, a podcast for loving yourself, healing yourself, finding yourself, and celebrating yourself. Let's see what we can learn to love, heal, and celebrate today. You ready? Let's talk. Hello, you darling girl. Welcome to today's episode, and thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Shadara Gibson. In today's episode, I'm bringing self-awareness into the spotlight. We will talk about what it truly means to be self-aware, how we can work on being better at it, and why working on self-awareness is so very important. In last week's episode, we did that deep dive into self-worth and healthy boundaries, and I mentioned that the first step in correcting an unhealthy behavior was to simply become aware of it, right? And that act is a part of self-awareness, which is also key to enforcing those healthy boundaries we talked about last week. Becoming aware of your own values and your own beliefs so that you can put those boundaries in place to protect the things that are important to you. Self-awareness is also one of the four pillars of self-love that we discussed last week where Psychology Today stated you don't fully embody that whole definition of self-love unless you have or practice all four of those components. Those were self-worth, self-esteem, self-awareness, and self-care. And we already talked about self-worth and self-esteem, so I felt like we should explore self-awareness on its own this week. And trying to find the best way to describe self-awareness, I did a Google definition search, as one would, to see what came up. And I found a true definition, of course, but then I found a definition offered by two psychologists, Dr. Shelley Duvall and Dr. Robert Wickland, on BetterUp's website. They worked together to provide their best proposal of what it looked like from their professional view. And here's that definition self awareness is the ability to focus on yourself and how your actions thoughts, or emotions do or do not align with your internal standards. If you're highly self-aware, you can objectively evaluate yourself, manage your emotions, align your behavior with your values, and understand correctly how others perceive you. I thought that was a great definition. It kind of asks the question in part, Are you being true to the real you, not how you want to be perceived, but the real deep down to the core you? And let's unpack that a little bit because psychologist Tasha Urich did a kind of popular TED talk on self-awareness. And she says self-awareness is a rare quality that 95% of people think that they're self-aware but only about 10% of them actually are. And that's a huge disconnect, right? Like that would mean that most of us are lying to ourselves about who we are and how we feel about ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I want to close in that gap for myself so that I do live a more intentional life in all areas of my life. So we need to take a look at what's important to us in order to do that. Are you living a life based on what makes you happy? What lights your fire? What makes you feel alive? What makes you feel loved, important, purposeful, content? Or are you being a certain way to please other people? Or because it was a belief you were taught growing up that you just went with to stay in the flow or to feel accepted? Are you living a certain way or doing certain things because you think you're supposed to? A lot of us by that I mean most of us, have never really questioned why we do the things we do or if we're really enjoying them, if they really do have meaning or value to us. Most of us have been taught who we are from the time we were kids by other people. Ideas of religion or how to believe, what to like or dislike, or how to be so others like or won't dislike us. We're taught what to believe about the world or how we fit into it. Like what social class we belong to, what political side we believe in, what our limits are with money or education, who we should physically be attracted to. And then as we get older, we may wear what we think makes us attractive to the opposite sex, like whether we feel like it's comfortable or not. We may pick up a sport or hobby or a social behavior to fit in with a group, you know, like drinking or smoking or recreational drugs. We may seek out a partner based on what we were told was desirable. Get a corporate job, be a stay-at-home mom, if we should have kids or not have kids. You know, so many decisions we've made about our life, but we may not be evaluating why we do the things we do, why we make the choices we make, or why we feel the way we do about certain things or the emotions that we get from them. Another part of the definition by Doctors Duvall and Wickland talks about managing those emotions. So we not only need to know what truly makes us happy or joyful or fulfilled, but we also need to know what makes us react in unhealthy ways. And last week we talked about how a low self-worth or self-esteem can make you develop some insecurities or toxic traits like jealousy or competitiveness. And I mentioned that in therapy, I was learning to celebrate myself when I recognized those occurring. Even if the moment had already passed or passed a long time ago, that catching myself in the act of an unhealthy behavior was still a win. And the reason for that is I'm becoming more self-aware and learning more about myself, understanding myself better when I'm engaging in that practice. When I'm noticing what makes me feel angry or sad or hurt or betrayed or insecure, what makes me lash out or behave negatively or in an unhealthy way, that practice, being that aware of my triggers and how they make me react, it's the first step in being able to correct those behaviors and also the first step in understanding why they come up when they do. I heard Jay Shetty mention in his podcast On Purpose that we can be a good person and have toxic traits and that toxic traits don't make bad people. Just because you have an unhealthy behavior, you're not automatically a bad person. Most of us have one. That's also where some of the shame can develop. We talked about last week, too, that... um, how you should offer yourself grace and forgiveness for the things that you've done that may have been bad for you or unpleasant or hurtful to someone else. And I'm realizing that there are a lot of good people who have toxic behaviors and some of them don't even know that they're behaving this way. They don't know that they have these tendencies or they may know they react in an unhealthy way, but they don't understand why Which leads me to another part of the definition given by Drs. Wicklund and Duvall is that self-awareness not only helps you objectively evaluate yourself, but also understand how other people perceive you. So when someone in your life brings to your attention a behavior that you're not particularly fond of in yourself, it can be a chance for you to examine that and see where it's coming from and That's the ugly part of self-awareness, right? The scary part, that uncomfortable part. Learning unpleasant things about yourself. It's not fun, but just as it is important to know and recognize ourselves internally, what makes you operate the way you do, what makes you happy, sad, mad, passionate. It's just as important to understand how you're being perceived by other people, how these behaviors are showing up in your relationships and interactions with the outside world, how you're reacting when you get triggered, You have to get real honest with yourself by seeing who you are through the eyes of the people you love so that you can work on the things that are causing difficulties. It's so vital to having healthy communication and healthy relationships. And I've had someone I care about recently notice an unhealthy thought or reaction in me, and I was able to receive their input with love and work on their observation to improve myself Now, I'm not saying I've always been this open to feedback, but with the work I've been putting in for my own growth, it's gotten easier. And I was grateful that someone who I meant a lot to was able to be that raw and honest with me for my own benefit. I was reactive in ways that were not helpful in my thoughts about relationships because of my past experiences. And they were able to be direct and open with me because they cared about me. And I saw that. It was something I hadn't noticed in myself, and I was throwing the blame everywhere else, but it was right there on my front porch, and I was the one who had to do the work to clean it up. It's no one's responsibility, and it would have taken me so much longer to discover that on my own. I was very thankful to receive that help from someone that I care for so much, and that person was... Gently stern with me. That's the best way I know to put it. And when you do that work, when the people who care about you see you putting effort into correcting something that before was harmful to your relationships, they recognize that effort. And they also work harder on their relationship with you. You're showing them that you hear them and that it matters to you. And they want to honor and nurture that. And I want to talk about an unexpected thing I developed strength in from becoming more self-aware and that's empathy. I know I, I, I have a better understanding that most of the things that were done to me by others was just their own baggage and unhealed trauma showing up within themselves and had absolutely nothing to do with me. And that has been a true blessing. I don't, really have to ask myself questions like, why did he do this to me? Why didn't he love me? Why did he think I deserved this? Because it never was me. None of it was ever because of something I had done. They were unhappy people, unhealed people, taking it out on the person they probably loved the most. Does that make it okay? Absolutely not. There are plenty of unhealed people with trauma who were dealt a shit hand in life who do not take it out on the people they love. And like it was mentioned earlier, toxic traits do not automatically make you a bad person, but everyone is responsible for themselves. And everyone is responsible for doing their own work to make sure they stop hurting other people, like me, like you. And that's why I'm here, putting in the work. It's not easy, it's hard. And you face a lot of your demons, a lot of your past, a lot of your hurt, a lot of your pain. But I want to put in the work and I want to help you put in the work so that we stop hurting other people and so that we stop letting other people hurt us. There's a quote I absolutely love by Eckhart Tolle. It's simple, but it's profound. And that quote is, awareness is the greatest gift for change. And that really resonates with me because I am changing a lot these days. And it's all due to me putting in the work and becoming more self-aware. And here are some things to begin working on your own self-awareness now. It's a practice I heard on a podcast somewhere along the way, and it's been pretty helpful to me, but it's basically just a daily check-in. So every day, maybe before before bed, after your day is over, you ask yourself, a few questions, kind of in in the same realm of like, what went well today, what didn't go so well today, how can I be better, happier, etc. Tomorrow. Now you can come up with your own questions, but what it does is it allows you the time to reflect on your day and how you felt about the things that happened. Um, you'll pay attention to those emotions and how you felt in the scenarios and the places or even the people you were around, and. You can recognize if it's something you want to be better at or if it's exactly where you want it or if it's something you never want to happen again, right? And you can also turn this into a weekly practice. You know, what went well this week? What are some things I can improve on? And journaling is probably the best way to do this. It's, I love journaling. And you can write about your successes and your failures, for, for the day, for the week. And it's also a good place to come up with your values. You know, you can write out your goals, what's important to you, your plans, uh, what you want to do more of, what you want to do less of, what people you want to be around less, what people you should be around more. And another thing you can do is uh, personality test. I know it <laughs> sounds a bit neurotic, but there are some personality tests and psychometric psychometric tests that you can do online. Um, Some of those cost money. Some of them are free, but an old boss of mine, I remember when I I was finding these in my research, I remember years ago, an old boss of mine did one for me and it was dead on accurate. No lie. It makes me want to take another one. There's also the Enneagram test, which puts you within nine personality types. And I've heard those are pretty accurate as well. And if you're curious, you can find all of them online, free versions and and the ones that um, have a fee. I remember the one my boss did for me was expensive at the time. This is years ago. And I I think at that time it was even like 300 and something dollars. But he believed in them so much that it was worth that cost rather than to take the wrong person for the job he was trying to fill. And I did come highly recommended, by the way. Anyway, I, what all of this comes down to, the point I want to get across is that you m- must know that the journey to self-love begins with this self-awareness. You can't fix something until you become aware of it in the first place. And that brings me to another quote by Kishore Bansal that I came across when I was doing my research. And the quote is, happiness is a feeling of well-being derived from knowing ourselves and that's the key right there my friends we need to start taking those steps to get to know ourselves better because when we can know ourselves better we make sounder decisions we build stronger and healthier relationships you can understand more clearly what makes you you and then you can embrace and nurture those parts of you You will communicate with clarity and confidence. You can better regulate your emotions and your reactions. You'll be able to identify your strengths and your weaknesses and the areas where you need to grow or even let go. And like I said earlier, if you can live a more intentional life and not put out the wrong signals and attract people and things that are bad for you, oh my gosh, how much more fantastic is your life going to be? Start working on some of these things to get to know who you really are and what is really important to you and start showing up as that person so you can live the life that was intended for you. And I can't wait to hear all about it. Well, my girls, that's all I have to talk about today. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to share your story, or what has worked for you or your tips on how you thrive in self-love. Or if there's a topic you would like for us to get into, send me an email at helloyourdarlinggirl@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet done so, please go subscribe and review and share this podcast with a friend who you think would enjoy our conversations. Now, go and discover something new to love about you and then go out and love on the rest of the world. See you next time.